It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies. Streaming takes center stage once again as the cinemas are still all locked up. Directors and actors beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. Hey, Jim. So with the introductions out of the way, Let's rage on! Oh, and this week there's going to be some rage, baby. So we're doing streaming, as we know. We'll get me started. Yeah, streaming. Lots of streaming. Uh, we're doing another cup special. Oh, we're going to cool. do. I know, right? It's like we don't get enough cups. It's the best. And uh, we got our final episode where we're talking about the special 18th annual Human Rights Film Festival. Uh, we're going to do some open range. We're going to do the lists. And then we're going to rage your dare. And then, bazowie gazowie. It's off for another week. But before we get really started, my boy Kevin, the man, the mystery, the Jury Room Podcast. Hi, welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, missing person cases, and everything in between. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms. Please make sure you go subscribe and leave a review. All right. I freaking love Kevin. His episode on BTK had me almost not sleep that night. It was so spooky. Everybody. Pick it up and listen. Now, want to dance? Story What are we doing? We're streaming, Jim. So, we started with a little video-on-demand action. Baby! Paid through the nose, because, man, is it expensive these days to rent video-on-demand. Although, I guess this is one of the cheaper ones at, like, 15 bucks, eh? Yeah! It was like a movie ticket. It was like a movie ticket, but you didn't have to go to the movies. Did you see it on 37-inch, or did you see it on 77-inch? I saw it on 77. Actually, no, I saw it on 60-inch. I saw it in my bedroom. Oh, you downplayed. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, the movie we're talking about on Video On Demand, by the way, is Promising Young Woman. Uh... A promising young woman by the name of Cassie sets out on a mission because of something that took place in her past to teach some men and even a couple of women a lesson. The sexual assault that took place some years before sets her out on a path of retribution. Sort of. Uh, It is hard to talk about this movie without creating spoilers as it's scene after scene of misdirection. I will do my best not to spoil too much. But uh, it's going to happen because you, you can't really talk it about the movie. With it, yeah. So on the surface, yep. this is a fairly entertaining romp. But as I was watching, I started to question some of the motivation and execution of this story. I started wondering if I should be upset that the whole genesis for this movie has no development at all. I really know nothing, and I mean nothing, about the let's say the original victim in this film, which sort of marginalizes her. And is that not the opposite of what this film should be doing? 
Also, the conveniently defective handcuffs was a little too convenient, especially since Cassie is anything but unintelligent. She definitely would have made sure her equipment was in proper work in order before executing her final plan. And now let's talk about the ending. I love depressing endings, but maybe not so much with this particular subject matter. The fact that there are two deaths that have to take place in order for justice to be served is depressing to begin with, but to try and make the ending cute and funny with a winky face is almost inexcusable. The ending is supposed to be one of retribution, but in its execution, it does not come off that way. There is no moment of triumph for our heroine, but only a head-scratching ending that left me, say, my, left me saying to myself, really? That's how you're going to make your point? Uh, okay. Carrie Mulligan was brilliant, and I reckon to say her performance alone was almost worth watching this film for but honestly the whole thing just left a bad taste in my mouth this movie is a golden globe nominated rage whoa we got a Cisco and ebert action happening today buddy Mm-hmm. okay well let me tell you what i thought of this go ahead First off... By the way, as I was watching it, it, I was saying, Jim's going to love this movie. Let's see if I was right. Yeah, you were 100% right. But there's a little bit of a twist in there, so please listen very close. I will stay tuned. Uh, (laughs) Jennifer Coolidge, Clancy Brown, Alison Brie, Adam Brody. This had an amazing supporting cast. Mm. Starts out great with all the sexualizing of the ass bag men as a twist of fate need to say it again what a fantastic cast great surprise surprise to see mclovin in this uh i seem to remember us talking you know not that long ago or like when was the last time you saw a little bit of mclovin Mm. it was a nice little surprise it was like pop there's mclovin too bad he was in this movie yeah, no, I was kind of happy he was in this movie. Mm. Also, great to see Laverne Cox. Holy crap. I haven't seen her in very many things. Um, great to see transgender representation in a film where it is not all about a transgender lifestyle and shows her in her everyday life. What a concept. Putting all kinds of people in a movie about all kinds of people. Kudos, Emerald Fennel, for being a great ally to the LBGTQ plus community. This movie did not go in the direction I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be uh, Ladies Who Kick Ass and Punch Dicks. And to a very lesser extent, it kind of was. But this was a very heavy, dramatic film about date rape. And loved that it was a woman who directed it. I did not like the love interest subplot, as I felt this kind of took away from the story. But wait kind of sounding a little bit like Bryce here. Huh. Has anyone ever heard me say those words? I hate rom-coms? I guess you have, because I do. I hate them. Uh, And um, did we really have to hear that entire fucking Paris Hilton song to a montage? (laughs) One hour and ten minutes in, and what I thought was going to be a mondo had dropped to a hot and bothered simmering rage about how this movie took a giant dump on my expectations. I sulked for about nine minutes. Do you know how much stress nine minutes can cause to one's body? I had to do some focused breathing to calm down. And then, like an angel falling from the sky, la la la, a vintage cell phone caused me to perk up. Oh my fucking God, yes. Bloody satisfaction finally comes. The suspense during this whole Dr. Cassandra scene was epic beyond compare. This ending was one of the biggest surprises I have ever thought of. The music at the bonfire, and those people who have seen this or will see this, the bonfire was so awesomely played. Only flaw was I wish it ended with just the police sirens at the wedding. And... Uh, but I still thought the ending was great. Can't wait to see what Emerald Fennel does next. Gets a sort of 
a comeback from the dead. Ladies who kiss ass and punch dicks. Mondo. My favorite line. Why do you guys have to ruin everything? From Sam Richardson, who's also freaking hilarious. Okay, so I think we do got to unpack a few things. I thought, this is my thought. Why did her, why did the thing, um, handcuff not work? She did not want it to work. She wanted to die at the end. This is why she did it. She wanted to die. She had nothing to live for. She had nothing to live for. Nothing to live for. She was in the state of rage for the entire, the entire movie and trying to get retribution from her friend. And even uh, Molly Shannon's character who sits down and have their gobsmacked. Mm -hmm. They uh, basically talk about, she says, you got to let this go. And you did think that she did let it go with the love interest. But then when that, when that got kiboshed, she's like, fuck this. Apparently, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't pay to, uh, to get rid of this baggage. And, you know, here she thought her life was getting back in order and she went right back into a spiral. So she wanted to die. She set up the handcuff scene so that she could die and fuck over every single person that had fucked over her friend. I thought it was a perfect ending. I thought the movie was great. I didn't like nope. the middle part with the love interest, so it got to the end, and then to me, everything made sense. Nope, 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 nope. It, it just, it, yeah, no. <laughs> it was, it was not good. Uh, the way that it ended was terrible. the The fact that no. it, it took two people to it. die to arrest like one person. It, just, it wasn't one. It was a bunch of people. Well, it was a bunch of people. It, it, it's going to be no, the boyfriend be... that, that she got fucked over. It's going to... Every single person that was part of that rape scene, she would have had every single one of them locked so, up. So in order and to... the guys who in, killed her. Yeah. So so it was all worth it. Two people to die so that a few people can go to jail. No, but, but that's not really what the story is. The story is her yeah. and her journey. And she couldn't get out of that depression. It's a huge kudos to this director for being brave enough to show that that this is this is real life man this is what's happening to people okay. i thought it was i thought it was great so she took it up upon herself to get revenge for a person that can't speak for themselves because they're dead and yep. we and we don't know jack about this person that this whole movie is it's the launching nope. point for i yep. i Nothing. can't i can't get on board with that it's her journey. Like, it's just that was, it's her journey it's, into depravity. She just makes me feel sorry for her. She's pathetic, and it's yes. not cool. Yeah. It's it's a sad, sad movie, but it's the truth. It's the it's truth. The way it is. It's the truth. It's what's happening all the time, man. It's happening all the time. Uh, Women are marginalized, and this is a perfect story told by a woman about the marginalization. Yeah, of well, that's what, what that's what blows me away is it was told about a woman, and it just completely, I think it marginalizes a lot of things. Anyways, we're, we're not going to agree on this. Um, I, I couldn't get you to budge to a man. Yeah, oh, well. there's no way it was a man. Yeah, I it, loved it. I it, thought it was great. It was not. I can't. I cannot believe how many Golden Globe nominations it got. I can't believe it didn't get more. So this is even better. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. But <laughs> I can't believe a piece of dog crap like this gets a bunch of nominations and Sound of Metal gets one, and he's going to get screwed over because Buddy's going to win the freaking Globe. Well, that's. Uh, I have to say I'm sad, but you know we talked about this last week, and I don't really care about the Golden Globes. Yeah. I care what I think. Yes. And that movie was a Mondo. Yep. Mondo. All right. From there. <laughs> From there, we went to A Nightmare Wakes. Oh, God. On Shutter. A Nightmare Wakes. And it's. I was barely awake. Uh, oh, this is going to be the best discussion that I, I'm looking. I, as much as I love us arguing with each other. I like it when we agree 100% wholeheartedly as well sometimes. So this is writer-director Nora Uncle? Uncle? Looks like, looks like Uncle to me. Uncle? But it's it's spelled different than your uncle. It's Uncle. It is. It's and it spelled, stars a bunch It's of, spelled different than your uncle. It's Uncle. <laughs> that is the smartest thing you've ever said in your life. You, sir, know, right? are a genius. It's absolutely true. Okay, so 
there's a bunch of people in this movie, and it's about Mary Shelley, maybe, and maybe about her writing of Frankenstein, kind of. Uh, so, uh, biopic, barf, period piece, yuck, fiction tries to become nonfiction, ugh. If I didn't know her timelines, I would n- probably not be as bothered. But fuck with the history of Mary Shelley. Sorry, say motherfucking Mary Shelley. And feel my wrath, baby. Why was this movie even made? And if so, why not make it a little accurate? Would rather have rewatched the original movie Gothic. At least that was, was great. This was garbage. I fell asleep four times. Four. Trying to watch this awful movie. I stayed awake. Literally, it was... You didn't fall asleep? No, it was crazy. It's I'll, I'll get into that. But yeah, I can't believe I didn't fall asleep. It's crazy. Anyways, go yeah, on. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't either. Visually, it was really quite stunning. The shots of the historic mansion were quite pleasant to the eye. Dialogue was corny and all period PC. Oh, peace. Be gentle with me. As Mary says to her supposed husband-boyfriend thing as they're about to have sex. Come on. Seriously, she's fucking pregnant. How romantic. Yeah, I hated this film. Some of the shots were great, but none of it made any sense, and none of it followed any historical accuracy whatsoever. It was just artistic crap. Moving on. This film was a huge... Mel Brooks should have directed this Ugg-filled rage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm also not sure why why they made this. <laughs> to be honest, especially since we just we just had a like a Mary Shelley movie like three or four years ago, uh, actually four years ago, I guess. So I'm not sure why we have had two movies in the past four years about Mary Shelley's life in the lead up to her writing Frankenstein. At least two mo- these two movies are different than one another. It's quite hard to compare the two as they are both fairly... Uh, sorry, it's hard not to compare the two because they're both really fresh in my mind right now. The major difference was that 2017's Mary Shelley starring Elle Fanning was watchable. And this movie was not. The fact that I kept my eyes open through this boar fest was a minor miracle. This was not a horror movie. It was not really a biopic. It was not, an enter- it was not entertaining or informative. It segued between nightmare sequence to, to a sex scene, back to another nightmare sequence, back to another <laughs> sex scene, and so on. The nightmare sequences were not super effective, and the sex scenes, for the most part, seemed forced and out of place. So I will say there was a lot of atmosphere here, but next to no, yes. but next to no story, which made this for a tedious 90 minutes of rage. Yes, it was nonstop rage for me. Like I, the, I, I. What's there like? What was there's like? To- there's like four or five sex scenes. Like it, it literally went like sex scene, weird nightmare, sex scene, weird nightmare sex. Like I, it's like I, 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 I yeah. thought that that I accidentally rewound it like four or five times. It's, what is going on? And everything was well, awkward, <laughs> and the and the acting was, it was just bad. Uh. Yeah, um, I've I've been yeah. pumping the tires of Shutter for like many weeks now, and then they give me this. Come on, guys! Giant turd. Yes. Now remind me again. Uh, was it Danzig that directed it was. that movie? Glenn Danzig. Yeah. So it, I, I had a real feeling that this could have been influenced by an earlier Danzig film, perhaps. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that it was. It wasn't anywhere near campy enough for that, but. <laughs> Glenn Danzig. Oh, uh, that man. The influencer. I got to admit, I I would love to see another Glenn Danzig directed movie because as bad as it was, I'd like to see the progression of this artist as as a filmmaker. Well, we just saw it. There it it was this Mary Shelley piece of crap. So this this movie is so bad that we're talking about the Glenn Danzig piece of garbage we watched like four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, probably a little better than this. Because <laughs> <laughs> at least this is the evolution of Fantastic. Yeah, at least I was laughing during it on occasion. Here, I wasn't doing anything. 
We were uh, laughing at it, but yeah. still we were laughing. Exactly. Here I was just twiddling my thumbs, waiting for it to end. And falling asleep four times. Literally, it was four times. The I, first night, yeah. I tried to watch it, and then I fell asleep, and my my wife actually watched it all. And she, then the next day, she's like, much of that did you see? I'm like, I don't know. I was thought to like the sexy. She says, like, which one? I'm like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> exactly. Like, they just come up, point, pop it up. <laughs> I had to try it every time I'd go back to try and see it. I'd be like, is this the same sex scene or this? Oh, I, 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 yeah. And then in the next night, I fell asleep again. <laughs> I made it to the, the next, the next sex scene. Oh, there you go. You're making progression. <laughs> All right, let's let's stop talking about this movie. It's just, <laughs> it's just bad. Okay. And as well, bad as, yeah. <laughs> as bad as that was. It can only get worse. I think it might have <laughs> with what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Tell us what we tell us what we watched next. So we we got the pleasure and we were actually going to do this a couple of weeks ago and it got pushed to the back burner and then circumstances are that this is what we were left with this week. So well, Here, can we just talk about the fact that this was not what we wanted to watch? It was not. And it was like, and we had said, like, originally I said, I do not want to see this movie ever. No. But, but if we have to see it, yes. it's only because we didn't get to see the other movie that we wanted to see. Yep. And just like True Form, it's released in the U.S., but it's not released in Canada. Yes. All right, we'll so, talk about so, it in the future. Yeah, so the movie we're talking about is named Greenland. It's currently showing on Prime for all of you people that are, you know, masochistic. Like and, yeah, exactly. Yeah, into S&M. Yeah. What's the like, safe word here, by the way? What oh, is the man. safe word? I would have been, I'd be screaming it throughout the whole movie. Just Insulin. Make, just I make, think that's the safe just word. make it stop, please. <laughs> okay, so on to Greenland. Ugh. A family struggles for survival in the face of a cataclysmic natural disaster. Stop me if you heard this story before. <laughs> Seriously, stop me. I really don't want to talk about this paint-by-numbers disaster movie that literally offers nothing. But here we go. It is the same as every other disaster movie, complete with the stupid sort of happy ending climax. We had the obligatory, stilted, clunky dialogue and some really bad CGI fire. Gerard Butler continues his string of crappy movies, which should perhaps officially put him on the doubted list. That is to be determined. I was thinking <laughs> as... Although I, I have a feeling he's going on. I was thinking as this was approaching its climax that one thing could save this film for me. If when their plane was approaching Greenland... Had there been so much air traffic that we had planes crashing into each other in midair trying to get to apparently the only place that was safe in the world, then I could have given this a meh. No, not really. That could not even save this crap fest. But really, no. if everyone seemed to know that this is the place where you may be safe, would not everyone with a plane be heading there? This was such a dumb movie. I hated every frame, every performance, Every musical interlude, every noisy explosion, every bad CGI sequence, and I could go on. I'm sure it comes as no surprise, but this film was a rage. This was awful. Can I say ditto and then we can just move on? <laughs> ah, give it to no, me. I have to I have to list down some of the things that annoyed me the most. So this movie, first off was annoying and yes. stupid for the entire movie, like most things that Gerard Butler does. Yeah. This movie is terrible. Ah. What you call action scenes are stupid and boring. Every decision made in this idiotic, stupid movie made no sense, and yet it's predictable and also stupid. Did I mention that it's stupid? You did. Uh First off, let me just list some of the things that made this stupid. First off, forgetting the insulin. Uh, the whole screening process as they get to the planes. The fact one lady who clearly heard them say to all the other people around that no one else was going to be permitted that was brought along. 
And yet she still had to make a scene that they take her kid, which makes zero sense. The panic, rushings, murders, attempted everything. It didn't feel organic or natural at all. And the actors, I put in quote, because I don't know if you can call them actors. The action, also in quote, was just stupid, predictable, and annoying. If either of them had half a brain in their head, would they not have made up with a meeting place pre-organized ahead of time? Like these, they, they try to make Gerard Butler, which is a joke in itself, seem like he's intelligent in this movie and he, that he's good at planning. And yet nothing is planned and nothing is organized. And, and it, like just when you're going through this situation, they would have easily have said, look, if something goes wrong, we meet here. No, it didn't happen. Everything just got more and more annoying to this whole movie progressed. I hated every single thing in it. And the creepy little fucker just added on that much more of how much I hated this. The only good thing in this entire movie, the only good thing, was when the creepy little fucker busted those kidnappers. And he's like, he's like, hey, my parents. And then they take him away. But then the whole part around that was just dumb. It's like, oh, yeah, okay whatever there's not his parents uh this movie uh gets an end of the world piece of crap gerard butler rage yupperoo it's a double duty dip in rage filled poop thanks to gerard butler gerard butthead you know the last time i felt this angry watching the gerard butler movie do you remember phantom of the opera Phantom of the Opera is coming to kill us all. Oh, man. Yeah, well, Phantom of the Opera, I, I, I was so inspired by that, I wrote a whole song. I think it went on for like three or four minutes. It does. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to go back and listen to our episode because I couldn't stop laughing as you were <laughs> causing Murray to want to commit suicide on our podcast. Yes, Murray, <laughs> Murray was seething because he loves the Phantom. He lo- and he and especially the Gerard it. Butler version because he is so dreamy. Yeah. He's dreamy. I love Gerard Butler's big muscles in 300, but other than that. Okay, Mm. well, let's talk about our favorite film festival on the planet. Let's do that. Yeah. I think... Uh, Let's group to this. Yeah. So, two weeks back-to-back... We get an off-the-cuff event from our buddies at the Calgary Underground Film Festival. And we can all find them at calgaryundergroundfilm.org. Look, I came organized this week. Nice. We got to see the movie Lapsus, uh, struggling to support himself and his ailing brother. Delivery man Ray takes a strange job in a strange new realm of gig economy. Writer-director Noah Hutton, and stars a bunch of really awesome people. So, uh, quantum computer equals cell phone. Ray equals Bryce. I'm just saying. This movie equals freaking hilarious from moment one. All the subtle jokes about the evolution of technology made me laugh constantly. Every step of this film made me laugh but also made me think, huh, this humor is actually not that funny and is way too true for the future of humanity. Although I still laughed my ass off pretty much all the way through it. But this this film is basically parodying everything all the time. The high-tech 8-bit animation, the random cables through the woods overlapping everywhere, the fact that Ray, our old dude, is so clueless to technology, and I mean all technology. The analog state of the process, random shots of his cable tangling, <laughs> just like putting up his tent. Did I mention could not stop laughing the entire movie? I love that evil comes in the package of a modem with plastic legs walking around. The ending was almost too abrupt, but I still liked it. Such a different style film on a classic evil corporation conspiracy theory, but had a lot of hugely subtle humor 
which I absolutely love. Love the references to technology, replacing humans, and that the humanity can overcome like a whole new chance to start a reboot of Terminator as humans battle the evil AI. I can't wait for part two of this movie. Corporations needing humans as batteries or manual slave labor. Loved everything about this film. This film was Mondo. Ah, I liked it a lot. Didn't like it quite that much. Um, but yes, I, I really enjoyed Lapsus. Dean Imperial... Was it poking too much fun at you? Is that what? No. <laughs> Dean Imperial as Ray was very good, and I hope that I see more of him in the future, because I loved his performance. I love Ray. Apparently, I loved it because I relate to him, according to you. <laughs> Anyways... It is a blue collar. It's so true. It's so true. <laughs> it is a blue collar political commentary in the guise of a sci-fi film. The film not so thinly veils some of the practices of some corporate global giants with the drones above and the devices telling them when to work and when to break and whether they need to increase their production while working alongside robots. There are definitely elements of the Googles and the Amazons of the world. I will say I was a little confused at the end, but that did not take away from my overall experience. Plus there was a lot of walking, which is always appreciated in a movie. This was an enjoyable- made it a Mondo right there. This was an enjoyable <laughs> meh, but seriously, can you explain the rogue robot that sort of went home at the end of the day? I, at the very end, I'm, I'm still not quite sure what ha what that was. I'm, I was a little confused. I, I must have missed something. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think it was just the they actually had like it was kind of like a prototype robot that they that they had that was like kind of because you know how they talked about the uh, the guy who designed it had the fail safes and all this, so yeah. it, it made me think that the corporation had a, another secret spot for that other robot. So it's like they had a they had their own back door that but, they were creating. But it, with but it went to like the robot. same house as they've been storing all their equipment at. It was very strange. Yeah, so it, you got to find out whether or not you know bat, humans are batteries in the next one. I don't all know. right, so we're waiting for Lapsus <laughs> Two to get an explanation. <laughs> Fair enough. I was just perfectly happy with it because I wanted to see. I was, it. I was, I was happy with it too. But as you say, it, it did end abruptly. Like the, the, they could have maybe not ended it quite so abruptly because I was, I just caused. And there's nothing wrong with me being confused at the end of a movie. I actually welcome it. Yeah. But I'm still scratching my head on that one. I just, I just can't put two and six together to make four. So. I guess if yeah, well, I guess if I subtract the two from the six, that makes four. Oh, yeah, I get it now. True. I get it now. It's Mondo then. It's Mondo then. It's a high man. I I, <laughs> I I I really enjoyed it, but I'm not I'm not going all the way to Mondo. Well, well, I I couldn't stop my love of Ray if I tried. <laughs> Even if I tried, I would still love Ray. <laughs> I tell you, well, Ray, Ray was fantastic. As I say, Dean Imperial, I need to see this guy more because he was, he was great. I don't know if this was just the perfect role for him or if he's just awesome. I guess I'll find out if I see him in another movie, but he was perfectly cast yeah. as Ray. I mean, he was Ray. That was, <laughs> and Ray was yeah. awesome. He was. <laughs> I actually, oh yeah, everything about it, it was so good. I, I, you know what he he um he could probably be in who's that guy you like that did the vampire movie that you want to have all his movies of oh Mickey Reese I forgot who he is yeah I could see him in a Mickey Reese movie oh he'd sure. be awesome in a Mickey Reese movie oh. I know right yes now you got me excited we gotta somehow get those two together we gotta get a hold of Mickey Reese it's yeah. gonna be my goal to get a hold of Mickey Reese to so... eventually make your life dreams come true <laughs> I just want a Mickey Reese box set. I want every movie that he's ever made. I know. I want to have like a Mickey Reese weekend where I just watch Mickey Reese. Weekend? We got to make it a month, buddy. He's got <laughs> Mickey, some like 50 yeah, movies. I guess you, yeah, I guess that's true. Like even if you did like two a, two a day, it'd take you a month. Let me tell you. The, yep. the man likes guess to what work. what we're doing this summer. He, he <laughs> likes to work. I like to, to watch movies. So it's a marriage made in heaven. It's a match made in heaven. There you go. 
All right, sir. Lapsus. It was good. Yep. There's Mondo. Do you see how I made the um, the website bigger for your cute little small eyes? Nah, I didn't even notice. But from there, we are going to the 18th annual Human Rights Film Festival that will be taking place starting tomorrow, February 18th. That is, you know, if you're listening to us tonight on February 17th. So February 18th to February 20th, the 18th annual Human Rights Film Festival. Uh, We'll put a link to the website on our uh, uh, page. and uh, Yeah. And you can click on it and go there. Yeah, you can go there right from wherever you're uh, listening to the podcast. So that is cool. Uh, Today we are going to uh, look at another movie that they were kind enough to give us an advanced viewing of. And its name is Love Child from 2019. Directed by Eva Mulvad and Lee Globe. Sure. So, Love Child... Is a film. Love Child. Love Child is a film about an Iranian family seeking asylum in Turkey and the bureaucratic limbo that they find themselves in. The film does an exemplary job of putting you in the shoes of this family. You go through every struggle and hardship with them. You feel sadness when they are sad. You get angry when they get angry. And you even get to share in some of their happiness. The problems within the family dynamic may look familiar to you. They're just like you, only they're in a situation where they feel the verdict of a governing body will affect the rest of their lives. Their situation creates genuine drama as being sent back to Iran could lead to death. Certain death. Yes. As their case drags on over the course of years, you watch as they continue to go forward in the face of so much uncertainty. I am not sure I could have endured the way this family did. They are not perfect, and neither are any of us. Just like, just like us, they did not deserve to be strung along with their literal, literal lives in the balance. This documentary was an emotionally draining mondo. Okay. Yes. Um. I know by now that this is called the Human Rights Film Festival. But man, I can't stand the things that we in Canada take for granted every day mm. and things that people can be killed for doing. And yet for us, it's just the way that we can just choose to live our lives. You have an abusive husband who is addicted to drugs and you ask for a divorce and someone else, not you, you can't just decide to have a divorce. You have to ask someone, can I get a divorce? Please, sir, can I have a divorce? No, no divorce for you. Mm. But instead, you can pray about it and watch TV about it. Because TV and prayer always help everybody when they're being abused by an alcoholic drug addict. Then, if you cheat on your abusive husband with a kind and apparently loving partner, you can just be killed for that. For no apparent reason. What the fuck is happening in these fucking countries? If you are not one of the sheep that follows the pre-assigned government-run churches or you're gay or you have a mind of your own, that you you can just be killed for no apparent reason. I don't get it. I don't, under, I don't understand how these people... Like, I, I understand why they put sanctions on these countries. I don't understand why everybody who lives in the free world doesn't put all sanctions on them. So they actually get their human rights shit to put together. These are supposedly civilized countries. Iran, you are now on my list of countries that need to get fixed or get fucked. This film is a sad tale for sure. I am not a big fan of home movie style docs. And this to me felt very home movie style docs. Which this, in my opinion, for sure. The journey this family goes upon is quite stressful for them. And there is a lot of content that is drawn out with us seeing their everyday life. It may humanize the victims, but makes for a drawn out doc that was probably, in my opinion, about 20 to 30 minutes too long. 
uh, after a while of the waiting, although frustrating to the couple, was also becoming frustrating to me as well. And maybe that's the point the director wanted. I love the battle they were fighting and pissed that they had to even have to fight. Uh, but this film, I felt, could have been told probably a little bit quicker. And for that reason alone, it is a man. Yeah. I don't agree. <laughs> it, I uh, know. I, you know I'm, I'm not saying, like, this movie did its job. It yeah. got me angry. No, and I get but that. But I'm angry all the time. So yeah. it, it, I'm taking the, the movie apart specifically about the things that I think that it, it probably could have done a little differently. I don't think it needed to be that drawn I think out. It, I think, I think it think needed... I, I disagree. I, I like the fact that we got right into their lives and we lived everything with them. And I think that was more the point that we were... That that is why I related Humanize to the them. yep. That's why I related to it so much more is because I, I you know I was right there with the family through everything they were going through and I, I don't know that I I would I don't I can't think of anything I would have cut out. Yeah, I would have cut out about 20, 30 minutes. Okay, yeah, but I, I do have a favorite line, and this is through an emotional part of the movie. Being a refugee is as if you're here but you don't exist. Yeah. You're dead. You're not dead. You're alive, but not really present. Yep. It's, you know, all of what's been happening in Syria and everything that, um, these, you know, what's going on in Sudan and some of these countries. It's just like, um, I think more people in North America have to see these types of movies. You know, we see a lot of them because we see a lot of documentaries and we, we're, we're heavily invested in film festivals, which have a lot of this type of content. I think a lot of regular North American viewers have to see this and hopefully that would would maybe budge the needle on some of the people's racist comments about Syrian refugees coming into our country. This is not something that they wanted. A lot of the people that I know from Syria are the best people in the world. They would give you their right arm to do anything for you. And you think of um, the... The, the fact that if you talk to them where they live, they loved before all the shit went down in Syria. They loved their country. They loved it. And same with Iran. Like they loved their country. Like that was part of the inner battle that they had was, was, you know, we, we wish we could go back there to be, to have what, what we should have as our right. I love this film festival, by the way. I think this film festival is powerful. I think it's important. Yep. And it's free, people. Yeah. Like, just go watch some. Just of go movies. watch some great movies. Absolutely. So you know the two that we did uh, uh, coming up to the film festival were both both worth watching. Uh, you yep. you enjoyed Maxima a, a little more than this one. I thought they were both outstanding did, yeah. in in different ways, um, but they're both yep. well worth watching. So um, oh, definitely, this movie yep. is definitely worth watching. Yeah. Yeah. All right, sir. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Now, I'm still was debating right up until this moment where I wanted to take my rage mm. because I had a bit of a battle. So before I re- start my rage. Are you on any side of my fence? Because uh, you already know what my rage is, but I don't know what yours is. Uh, I, yeah, I am. Is yours, yours, okay. So you're, I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to go the different way because I think that you're going to go in another way. I'm going to rage about old, terrible action stars that still keep making movies. That's what I'm going to rage about. Oh, we're going to be raging similar. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> Well, you know what? You can't help it when you see a movie like Greenland and you're thinking to yourself, I mean, if we go back to the 80s when Arnie and Sly were battling it out and Jean-Claude were battling it out uh, for the king of Action Star, it was a different world. It It was funny and fun to see these action movies. Like, they're trying to make these CGI realistic movies uh, that the you know like Gerard Butler's not an actor. I think he may. I think he's like he should have been a wrestler. Was he, was he a wrestler that moved? 
<laughs> don't believe I don't so. No, I don't know what he's doing. I don't. I don't like these movies. I don't want to see them anymore. They're just awful. Every single like it, you know when we were kids in the seventies and eighties and got to see like the Towering Inferno or the Poseidon Adventure or you know those type of movies. It was, I don't know why. Maybe it was because they were cheesy that made them fun. These aren't fun. They're just unrealistic and stupid. Like I just. I, I can get by with an apocalyptic zombie movie because there's at least flesh eating and, you know, that's one of my favorite things to watch is people being eaten. But, you know, these kind of movies where it, it makes zero sense and everything's awful, I just, I'm so tired of it. I just stop making them. Gerard Butler, retire and take Liam Neeson with you. That's my rage for sure. Yeah. Well, my rage... <laughs> My rage this week is Gerard Butler makes bad movies. <laughs> you could have just talked about that on the list. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, I'm sure. I was actually a little... <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you, though. I think of Gerard Butler, at least I did before I started looking at stuff, and I'm like, Gerard Butler, he's all right. I was actually a little surprised by this because when I think of him, his string of garbage films doesn't seem so obvious to me. But then you start looking at his track record and he has made nothing but crap for over 20 years. Other than Rock and Rolla from 2008, which, you know, was a meh, high meh, and the, and the modern reimagining of Shakespeare's uh, Coriol- uh, Coriolanus from 2011 it made me think of choreo anus mm. <laughs> neither of these movies by the way were were mondo but they were both very very good there is nothing but lomez and rages and it is about 90 percent rages over his like basically his entire career from the year 2000 on it's just yep well when we when we talk the list i've got an idea so All keep right. going the sa- the saddest <laughs> thing is that I've I've literally seen every Gerard Butler movie since the year 2000. Like I've, I've seen every single one, and I'm like, why? 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 I know. How is it possible that I continue to watch Gerard Butler movies when he has one of the worst string of films of anyone ever? I mean, at least Liam Neeson made some good movies throughout his career. No, he. Yeah, yeah he has throughout career. his career. Gerard Early Butler. Career. Gerard Butler never made any good movies. Like, literally, never. Now, there might be some arguments for some people really like 300. I did not. Yeah, it um, was a math for me. You know, some, you know, and as I say, the other two movies I mentioned were basically the two that I, I were okay. But everything else is just garbage. So, as I say, I, I guess we'll save this for the lists, which is, you know, next. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna. I I propose that we just quickly go through basically every movie since 2000, and it won't take long. But we'll just go through no, them no. just rapid fire style because yeah, okay. Because it's it's amazing. It's mind boggling, and I didn't even realize it. I'm like, well, he must have made something okay. And as I'm looking at them, I'm like, oh, I forgot that it was so just awful. Everything he's made is awful, like it's awful. Like, how are they still, like, you'd think he'd luck out a few times, but anyways. So that's my rage. Gerard Butler's just crap, and he needs to just go away, just like you said. Uh, I the opera. Oh. <laughs> I tell you. Uh, uh. Rage. Subsiding. Pulse. Slowing. Anger fading. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's not right. We never thought this moment would come. We're going to talk about Gerard Butler. Yay! We need to talk about him more. He seems to have dominated this this podcast so far. We both raged about him. We got to talk about Greenland. That's got to be about 15, 20 minutes right there. And now we're going to talk about him some more. All right. It's it's the Gerard Butler podcast. All Butler, all the time. (laughs) 
trying to write about my son as himself. Oh dear. Okay. Lord. Well, did you did you do the homework? Did you pull all of his all of his yeah. movies since two thousand? Yeah, every movie since two thousand that wasn't an animated movie. Which were his best movies. I mean, I can almost watch that How to Train a Dragon. I, I can almost watch yeah, that. Yeah, that's movie. actually it's, a good, not that that's bad. A good movie. Yeah, but that's a good uh, movie. other than the uh, animation, it's 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 pretty sad. So let's just let's just run down them all. In fact, let's go from let's go from the bottom up. For, so, in the year two thousand, of course, we had you know Dracula two thousand, which was a rage. <laughs> we had Shooters, which was a rage. We had Rain and, of you know, Yeah. That. I'll disagree with you when you're wrong, okay. but that just just so just so you know that um, that, that yeah. it only matters the last eight movies. I know, I know. Aware. He's got a lifetime of rages. Like he's he's a he's he needs to be in the Hall of Fame of doubted because this is this is this is unprecedented. Like I will be like I think even you know other guys we got in there like rob schneider and david spade there's gonna be something there that wasn't that bad like this is all bad okay reign of fire i don't know if you remember that wonderful movie it was a rage that was 2002 we got lara croft yeah. tomb raider the cradle of life which was a rage from 2002 it was, it was a math for me uh, but i i know where you're going here we got timeline co-starring pretty boy paul walker that, that was, was a rage. That was an super unbelievable. Rage. Oh, it was super rage. Dear Frankie, rage. The Phantom yeah. of the Opera, well established by now. It is what a is, rage. It is sadistic rage is what that <laughs> it, one was. It was indeed. The game of it their had a whole level. The game of their lives was a rage. Uh, uh, Beowulf and Grendel was a rage. 300 was a low math for me. I didn't hate it, hate yeah. it. But yeah, it was a math for me too. Butterfly on a Wheel was a rage, and here comes one of the worst. Like the, he's got bad movies. This is one of the worst ones. P.S. I Love You was an unbelievable rage. There's only one movie on this list that I think was worse than that, and we'll get to it. Nim's Island was a rage, even though it had Jodie Foster in it. Yep. It was uh, like Jodie Foster in that Jodie Foster movie. Uh, rock the one that we made us rage. Yes. Rock and Rolla. Yeah. It was, was a man. Yeah, it was a, mess. It was a yeah, high man for me. Uh, the Ugly Truth. Oh God, that was awful. That was—I I, believe—that's yep. got Catherine Heigl in it too. She's just yeah, she's she's usually pretty awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's somebody that we might have to look at in the future. That was an unbelievable yep. rage. Gamer was a rage. Law-abiding yep. citizen. Oh my God, that was a rage. The, it was a rage. The yep. bounty hunter. That I was think a super rage. yeah I think that might that be the, the worst. worst it was the worst movie on this list and that is saying something no well no I think um it's still Phantom of the Opera is the top of the list but yeah. Yeah, nothing beats that yeah maybe you got as much there. as I hated the Bounty Hunter that was terrible yeah Coriolanus um, Shakespeare done in kind of in a modern way by Ray Fiennes directing. It was all right. It was a high man. I kind of enjoyed it. And you had, you had Brian Cox eating up the scenery with every scene he was in. Yep. And so it was it was enjoyable. So he's got he's got that one. Uh, Machine Gun wait, Preacher. Wait, yep. well, see, see, if we started here, though, because I thought Machine Gun Preacher was a man. So I, now we I, have two mans back to back. I also have Machine Gun Preacher as a man. But fortunately, I he's know. got five more movies before we get to his last eight. <laughs> spoiler alert! Spoiler wanna, alert! Wanna, spoiler alert! His last eight are all rages. There's a man there for me. Is there? Well, we'll see. Yep. Okay, so yep. from there we got chasing Mavericks, which was a rage. Playing for yep. keeps. Oh my god, it was awful. Another super rage. Yep. Uh, I'm going to admit that movie 43, it's it's awful, but I laughed enough during it that. It, it was, was a Mondo man. for me. It was a, there you go. I I figured. It. it was so, a Mondo. He, he actually made a Mondo. There you go. That, Mondo for one. you, meh for me. Um, then he but got. Thank it. God. Thank God. Olympus has fallen is after that. Well, there you go. So Olympus has fallen. It's part of his fallen trilogy, by the way. We've got three of them coming. So yeah, Olympus has fallen. Was it was a freaking rage? Gods of Egypt was super rage. Oh, was that bad? Just it was, crazy yeah, bad. It was bad. Oh, then we got the part two of the, the Fallen series. London Has Fallen, which was a rage. 
A family yep. man was a rage. Yep. Geostorm or Greenland Part One. And two. Yeah. <laughs> Greenland is actually Part Two of the series, I believe. Geostorm <laughs> was a rage. Uh, yep. Den of Thieves was a rage. Hunter Killer was a meh for me. Was it? Okay. Well, Hunter Killer was a rage for me. Um, the Vanishing was a rage. Uh, part three in the Fallen series, Angel has was, fallen. Was also a was super a rage. rage, and Greenland was a rage. So his last eight were, for me, rage, 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 and for you was rage, 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 meh, rage, 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 rage. So that <laughs> makes Gerard Butler doubted. Doubted. Oh wait. He's got eleven projects coming up. <laughs> maybe he'll make maybe he'll make eleven mondos. Yeah, he is in the <laughs> Hall of Fame of Doubted. This is that is a crazy amount of movies. I mean, you gave him one mondo out of like I think we did like thirty-three movies there. So he got one mondo out of thirty-three movies. And a few mess. Three hundred yeah. was a mess. Yeah. So I think I, I think if I I think I had one let's see, one, two yeah, I had uh, four mez. Four mez out of 33 and uh, 29 rages. So that is impressive. Like, that is seriously <laughs> impressive. You know you know what the funniest thing about it? I do not. Is that I have the list in front of me on the doubted. Yep. For Gerard Bumper. There you go. <laughs> all rage, all the time. The man can do no right. Yep. Him and our little buddy, Denise Richards. Yeah. Whew. She makes you know, we haven't done. You know, we, we haven't done I don't. lately. What haven't we done? We haven't talked about Denise Richards. <laughs> Let's, yeah. Because I promised that we wouldn't anymore. So I'm sticking to that promise. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Up. Okay, wait a minute. Wait yeah, a minute. yeah, Hold putting Gerard Butler and them in the same movie. Yeah, yeah so what happens if Denise Richards and Gerard Butler make a movie and one of them's better than the other one? Although I guess it's really not the... Okay, so we can, should we have a demesmerizing list? No, they'd have to make something off. They have... Well, yeah, if they make them... If any of these people on the... On the... Uh, on the... On the... Uh, maybe, 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 doubted list make a mondo, they're all... They're automatically off. Yes. No, I know, but I mean, if they made a movie together. Yes. I'm thinking of it like we've got the doubted, we've got the undoubted. Well, you want to we do a really... doubted off? No, we want, it's not a, no, because they can't, because no. the movies don't change. Yeah. But what I think we need to do, yeah. and a lot of our people on the doubted are going to show up in there, potentially, uh, is create a unmesmerized. <laughs> While you're watching this film, you just want to look away from the screen every time that they're on it. You want to plug your ears and cover your eyes, but you've only got two hands, so you have to pick. You either have to plug your ears or cover your eyes, because covering one eye and plugging one ear isn't going to do the job. It's not going to do the job. You need someone okay, to help so you. I am, I am proposing we have a new list, and it is the unmesmerized. <laughs> I am proposing that you stick that in your ear because it's totally any, right. Any more that I have to watch of these people is too much. So no, dude, you're not on the. You, no, you didn't start a podcast called Film Love. You called you created a podcast called Film Rage, and we are we have to we have to keep it because we have we have people that still make us rage and they're unmesmerizing but for whatever reason they're still picking good movies it's the reverse of our mesmerized i don't there's even under, i don't even yang. i don't even understand there's a yang it. and there's a yang okay there's one a more yang and a yang. okay real quickly explain it to me one more time because I, I i'm not even okay. getting what you're okay. going for we don't even have to maybe call it unmesmerized we have to we have to come up with a name for it okay. that this person is such a terrible actor right that any time they're on the screen, it yes. does make you want to carve your eyes out with a spoon or perhaps poke pencils in your ears. You don't have to hear their annoying voice. Uh, and 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 they're just annoying when they're on screen. So not only did they... So the fact that these some of these guys have just made bad movies, 
we don't necessarily hate watching them. We just hate their choices of movies and the fact that they're yeah. like, if they made better choices, perhaps some of them could be better. Yeah. I mean, we might, we don't think this, okay. but if Gerard Butler could actually act, let's okay. Here's a perfectly good example of this. All right. Because we both actually, like if we go to our lists mm-hmm. and we go to our doubted list is James Marsden. I yeah. absolutely love James Marsden. He cannot pick a good movie to save his soul. No. He was in the... Uh, right? Recently, he was in that uh, The Stand uh, little miniseries. Uh, they did, oh, was they, it? Yeah, they did that again. And uh, it was a little disappointing, but he was good in it again. Of course he is. He's yeah. great. Yeah, That's he what is. I'm saying. So just because someone doubted doesn't yeah. mean that we may we may hate them as a person. Yeah. And I don't mean as a person. Yeah, they're probably as, a good as an actor. They're a terrible actor and they shouldn't be working. No, he, got, he absolutely can act. Yeah. We, we have to create an unmesmerized or a... Next week we're going to have a name and we're going to put some people on it. And we're going to have a proper name for it. Right, well, we we can talk about it. We can talk about it. It has to. Ha- it has to happen. Uh, it has to happen. There's got to be the the yin to the lang, yang. Uh, got to be a yin to yang. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. What, and you I'm got anything else? You, yes. I got a mesmerized. I'm going to give you one mesmerized. I'm going to do it. And I I don't know why they're not on this, okay. but I'm unless I unless we we did talk about it, and I forgot that we talked about it, and that's. Jeffrey Rush. Did we not talk about him? Um, I don't know if he's not on our mesmerized list. We couldn't have talked about him because I cannot look yeah, away when Jeffrey p- Rush is on the screen. I know, right? I love Jeffrey Rush. He's a Rush. god among... Yeah, yeah exactly. He's fantastic. Yeah, how, no, is he, how has he not come up? I have no idea, but yeah, no, Jeffrey Rush is definitely mesmerized. Sweet. Forever oh, and it. ever. And ever. Perfect. Uh, cool. Alright. This has been the best episode ever. Yeah. I've had so much fun today. It's been alright. I'm enjoying myself. It's a good time. Good time. Right. Well, last week on Rage or Dare, mm. Bryce got to pull one of Murray's favorite Eddie Murphy movies from my ever so rage bag of sweet sweet revenge this week i will get to take my chances again with what seems to be the bag of torture for me when i have bryce pull my fate from the dare bag let's check in with bryce on whether eddie should have come back to america or just stayed where he was Mm, coming to america I tied my shoes once. It is an overrated experience. That's it. That was the one funny line in the movie delivered by James Earl Jones, and it really wasn't that funny. Dumb and Juvenile and another movie that has not aged well. Why they have made a sequel is beyond me. Can't wait to watch that, and I'm afraid we're going to have to now. You made me sit through this. So we're, we're doing Coming to America too when it comes out. Uh. Sorry, man. <laughs> Uh, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall playing multiple characters is a recipe for many cringe-inducing experiences. And what was with the ending? They break up, and then with no explanation, they cut to a scene where they are getting married. I, I didn't even know what was going on at the end of that movie. What happened between those scenes? How did they get back together? Actually, wait a second. Who cares? This was a predictable rage. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I am the champion of the world. I actually, I mean, I know I saw this, but I did not remember this at all. And I'm watching it. And I was like, <laughs> how can I not remember how bad this is? Because it was, it was awful. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just remember watching it in the theaters like most people people would. Oh, remember, remember the theaters? Remember? Remember the theaters? Yeah, I remember the theaters. Uh, I remember, uh, the theaters were great. Memories. Dare to dream. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Someday. 
someday. All right, well, what you got in the dare bag this week, Buckarooney? All right, so I'm going to reach into the dare bag. There's quite a few I movies in here. I could not be more excited. So I'm just going to shuffle them around. I'm just going to grab one. Okay, I have one. Here it is. And what have we got here? Closer. Okay. <gasps> Sucker punch. Huh, I don't mind that. Hmm. This is going to be a Mondo week for me. I did get to pick some juice from there. There you go. Sucker Punch. Yeah, I, I remember not loving that movie, but it's been so long since I've seen it. I don't know that it was a rage. It may have been. I just remember there was uh, It's your type of movie because I believe it has... Uh, what's that expression Ladies you like to say? kick ass and punch dicks yes, all the, the way through it. There is lots of that going on, so... Cannot wait. I am. I think this is. I think this. Yeah, I believe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't think this is right. I it's think, the snide. I think that uh, we should pick another one for you. No, that's what I'm getting. I finally got something out of that bag that didn't make me rage. Well, <laughs> never know. May, so maybe you're. Rem maybe you're remembering it. You know, not as no. it was. Nah, I think you're remembering I, it fine. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that Zack Snyder knows how to turn me up, if you know what I'm saying. He pushes a wank, you a wink. Uh, wink, wink. He does. And Emily Browning is a goddess. There you go. Congratulations. Well, thanks again, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to the extended film rage crew of Leonard Conlon for his artistic vision and photography via Leonard Conlon Photography. Also to our man, Merman, we're hoping we will have you back with us soon, buddy, and the COVID stuff will all get lifted. Listen to us on all the podcast streaming sites. Find us on Film Rage on Film Rage YYC on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. On our website at filmrageyyc.com. We are always wanting your feedback to make this a raging blast for all listeners. So please go on social media, Apple Podcasts, our website, and Podchaser, and give us feedback or give us more dares. Ooh, dares. No matter what you do, please make us rage. Please. Please. That's it for this week. Rage on. Rage on.